Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off a little bit on a on a little harder part, and then go to to an easier part. You'll understand where I'm going. But um, uh, one of the things in my own personal life that I have struggled with from time to time is how do you deal with sadness and grief? And and I have struggled with that in my own life. And uh, God has been gracious to me. But I think the saddest times were when I when I lost people close to me. I thought, of course, when my mother passed away, that was hard. And my and a really close friend for many, many years. And, and, and grief is an interesting animal that we all deal with. And, and when somebody says, just get over it, you don't just get over it. When you lose something, you lose something, and, and it bothers you. Do you agree? And so that is something that, at a time in my own life, I have faced that, and it can be kind of heavy and kind of on us. And, and uh, I don't know, if you could just sit there for a moment and write something down, even as a children. Congratulations, guys. Wow, and you're here today. That's amazing. What do you girls think? Is this great? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting family. Already is. You guys are awesome. Um, you know, if you could write something down that, that makes you or bothers you or makes you sad, what would you write? What would, you, what would come to mind to you? You'd say, you know, this, this bothers me and, and, or I'm still dealing with this. And it could be a loss. It could be all kinds of things. And then if you were to share that with somebody, how would you share it? Maybe it's hard to share because we all kind of walk through that. And I was reading uh, Jackie Kennedy after her husband was shot, JFK. One of the things she said within about two weeks of that, which is very interesting, she said, one must not let oneself be overwhelmed by sadness. And here she just lost her husband. And uh, Philip Stanhope, uh, the fourth Earl of Chesterfield, doesn't mean he invented it, but that's what his name was. Uh, good humor, he said, is the health of the soul. Sadness is its poison. King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 17:22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. The message puts it like this, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Doom and gloom leave you bone tired. So why am I talking about this on Resurrection Sunday? Well, clearly, if you read in Scripture that this was a, a horrible time. If you could only imagine that when Jesus was taken, he was betrayed by Judas. Judas was one of the disciples for over three years who followed Jesus, was with Jesus, believed in Jesus, did the stuff that he was supposed to do, and yet he was the one who betrayed. And in that garden, as Jesus prayed for our souls, for our salvation, when he willingly gave up his soul, when he said, not my will be done, but your will be done in that prayer. And he says, come, my betrayer comes. And Judas kissed him. And then as the disciples watched Jesus being taken away like a criminal, like he'd done something wrong. And then not only that, after he was taken away, he was taken to the Romans. And the Romans were known not to be very nice. They were bullies. In all of our schools, we have anti-bullying. Well, we should have it everywhere. But the Romans didn't know about anti-bullying. They only knew about being bullies. And they were bullies to Jesus. And they hit him and they beat on him. And they did all kinds of horrible things to him. They tortured him. And he was taken to a cross. And if I was one of those disciples, if I was one of those followers, how would I feel 
in that moment? How would I feel when I watched my, my best friend, the one who, who said he was the savior of the world, die? I think there would have been a bit of sadness. As a matter of fact, Matthew 27, 55 and 56 says, and many women, say many women. Now, how many women is that? Thank you. Many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him and were watching from a distance. So they're watching what's going on. And among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and Zebedee's wife, the mother of James and John. So they're at a distance watching Jesus die. And Luke 23, 26, 27, as they led him away, they see Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and they put the cross that Jesus was going to be crucified on, on him and made him carry. And it says, a large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him, literally wailing and crying. Now, do any of you children ever cry? Do you ever cry? Why do you cry? Why do you cry? Stub your toe? Does that make you cry? Have, have you guys ever hit your thumb with a hammer? I don't mean your children, your bigger children. That can bring a tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that, that bring tears to it. We cry. And we cry for lots of reasons. Sometimes it's, it's happy tears. Sometimes it's sad. And this was definitely sad. And so it tells us also in... If we go a little further into uh, John 19, 25, 27, even the apostle John was right there. It says, standing by the cross of Jesus. They were as close as they could get, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary and the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that is John himself, standing near, he said to, to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to John, the disciple, he said, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple, John, took her in his own home. And here they are standing that close to the cross. They're watching Jesus' life ebb away. And then Jesus says, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And Jesus died. Man, there was a lot of wailing and crying going on. It seemed like everything that had been promised and hoped for was gone. At least it seemed that way. And those early believers were out from that point on walking as we see them very sad. And God wants to take our sadness and turn it into gladness. He wants us to celebrate the resurrection. Because when all hope is gone, there's always hope in the cross. When life looks like it's over, for those, when a, when a coffin is sitting here, and the hardest thing I've had to do is to take a little child like your guys, and, and something happens, and, and you have to have a funeral. I'll never forget the first time I did a funeral with this tiny little casket sitting right there. I think I bawled more than anybody. I could hardly get through it. Because all I could think of was the pain of the family and the loss. And all I could think of was the potential of this little child. And I said, God, why would you take this little one? I don't understand all of these things. But God, you're greater and you're bigger. And because of the resurrection, there is life eternal. It doesn't end there. Your, your body just doesn't rot away, as it were. And your soul, nothing happens. No, no, no. You go into the very presence of God. 
And even those men who were crucified on the crosses beside Jesus, and Jesus said to the one who mocked and the one who didn't, he said, even before this day is over, you will be with me in eternity. And so there's hope. There's always hope. Even though there's tears and sadness like there was then, there is hope. Now I want to read to you from Matthew 28. And in this story that we see here is something that changed the world forever. And the world has never been the same. Because it says, after the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to look at the tomb. Now, why in the world would anybody go look at the tomb? Well, there's a graveyard right over here, and people go there, and they look at the tombs, the stones of the people who passed away in remembrance. So they go to the tomb. That's what they were doing that morning. And it says there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. Now, we, we only have a stone here. We couldn't get an angel today that you could see. But I, I believe there's angels everywhere. I believe armies of angels surround us in the very presence of God. And when that stone rolled away, by the way, this, this whole thing here was put together by uh, a number of people. But our daughter, Grace Lynn, did most of the work on this. And I just want to thank her. She's not feeling well today, but she did such a super job of putting that together. <laughs> Amen. And it says that his, his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid that were there. They shook and they became like dead men. And the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. I think, well, of course they're afraid. You see an angel and everything, earthquake. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, yes. And then the angel says these amazing words, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come, come and see the place where he lay. Come, take a look. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women, they hurry away from the tomb, afraid, but notice this, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples, suddenly, just in a moment, Jesus meets them and says, greetings. They came to him, and they clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. And so the resurrected Christ, not only the tomb is empty, but immediately he appears to these women. Thank you, ladies who are prayer warriors. You ladies will go in where us sometimes us men won't. You ladies go in and take a hold and pray for your children and pray for your husbands and pray for this nation. Because when you ladies start praying, we might as well give up because you never shut up. <laughs> and that's a compliment. I love listening to you ladies pray. And it was the ladies that went to the tomb. And it was the ladies who went and told what was going on. So praise the Lord. And I thought, you know, thank you, Lord, for, for me today. Because I remember receiving Jesus Christ when I surrendered my life to him. Because my life was an absolute mess. And I surrendered my life to him. He turned my pain and my sorrow and my inner wailing and weeping into great joy and dancing. You know, something that we don't do enough in, in our North American churches, at least many of our churches, we don't dance enough. 
You say, oh, pastor, we can't dance in church. Hmm. Have you read the scriptures? I think there's some dancing going on. As a matter of fact, David danced as he went worshiping before the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And it was his wife who made fun of him because he looked like a fool, she said. I love the children when they come. I was thinking this morning with all the children in here, we should have been giving out the flags. Because it's the children who will grab the flags and start worshiping the Lord. You know why? Because they don't really care. They're just free. And it's us adults who go, well, somebody might see me. What will they think? Who cares? Just dance before the Lord. Dance before the Lord. And you say, I'm not a good dancer. Well, do you think God cares? I can't sing. Do you think God cares? I don't know how to pray very good. Do you think God cares? He just says, man, pray. What's in your heart? Dance with all your heart. Sing, even though you can't hit a note. And poor, you know, our sound system. I think we need to replace it soon. How old is that board? And is it used? It was used before that? Well, it's getting used. I mean, we've had a problem with this thing a few times. But I just thank the Lord that, that he turns our, our, our joy into dancing. Hallelujah, Jesus. I, I just wish we were doing a song right now. I'd have you all get up and dance. And some of you would say, oh, pastor, you're pushing the limit. No, no, no. Isn't it exciting when, when you take sorrow and, and pain, and you see Jesus set it free, when that's broken in you and doesn't own you and doesn't control you, and that's what Jesus does, Psalm 1611, you have made it very clear to me the very path of life. You will fill me up with joy in your presence, and all eternal pleasures are at your right hand. Psalm 126.5, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as a new follower of Christ, when I began to follow Jesus and experience this joy, I ate up his word. I devoured the scriptures. I needed more and more, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. And all those tears and all those weepings and all those worries in the night disappeared because of Jesus. In Jeremiah 15, 16, it became so real to me. It says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. So what about us? What about today for you? What about eternity for you? If you're sitting here and you say, I'm pondering the things of Jesus, good, ponder but you need him as your savior. Every single one of us needs Jesus Christ. And many of you already know Jesus. But I want to tell you, in scripture, there's something about just not knowing him, but experiencing him and following him. And thank you, Lord, that you deal with our weeping. You deal with the wailing and the separation just that took place when he died on the cross. And, and then three days later, it says they were filled with joy. And it went away. And so he says to us today, what about the lost and the lonely? What about the forgotten? What about the marginalized? What about the hurting? What about the hungry? Are we going to meet the needs of those people that they too can know about the joy of the Lord? 
and that he comes and he wipes away every tear. You know, when, when the child gets hurt, it's amazing how children can be healed because they fall down and they get hurt and you pick them up and you say, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And somehow that, that comforts them. You know that? And that's the first child. The second child, you say, hey, you're going to be okay. The third child, you say, get up. <laughs> the fourth child, you say, who, is there noise? I always notice that because when I go through the photos of my four brothers, there's tons of my oldest brother. There's a few more with me with him. There's some of my third brother and the fine one of my youngest brother's like, oh, who's that? That's your youngest brother. Oh, what's he doing in a picture? <laughs> it's exciting to know that God loves all of us and he wipes away every tear no matter what. Revelation 7, 17, for the lamb... At the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wow. Do you ever start worshiping and crying? Just the presence of God. You know, and his tears mingle with ours. It's just amazing. But he wipes away the painful stuff. Revelation 21.4. He will remove all their sorrows, and there will be no more death. Hallelujah or sorrow, or crying, or pain. For the old world and its evils are gone forever. The message says, look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears are gone. Crying is gone. Pain is gone. All the first order of things are gone. Thank you, Lord, that you have filled us with the joy of the Lord being our strength. That even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of pain, there is still hope. And that is the resurrection. He has brought us that. And God sustains us as he turns our sadness into gladness. Our world has no hope. The world does not see hope. But there is hope in the resurrected Christ. And he is the only hope. And he is the way, and he is the truth, and he is the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by him. He is the resurrected one. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. And everything Jesus said, he does. You can count on it. He gives us an ability, you and I, a supernatural ability to have deep celebration of joy because he has saved us and he has commanded us to go and he says, go and make disciples who love God, who love others, who serve the world. Be about the business of God. So when you were singing that song about love, I thought everything is encompassed in love because God is love. Isn't it great to know you're loved? I want all the children to stand up. And if you have to, stand on the chairs. I give you permission to stand on the chairs. And you're looking at your parents like, oh, boy. If I ever do that, I'm in big trouble. Do you know why I said stand on your chairs? Because I want everybody to see you. Go ahead. Stand on the chairs, girls. It's all right. That's okay. Go ahead. Stand on the chairs. Yeah, go ahead. That's it. That's it. Stand on the chairs. All the children stand on the chairs. The chairs. Everybody, that's it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Some of you don't want to do it. Okay. All right. 
What are you guys doing on the chairs? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's going. Yeah, I'm kidding. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave a child who grew into a man who died for all of us. Now, you children are special. You know that? Because Jesus said, hey, hey, don't let those children be hurt. Bring them to me. And I can just see Jesus taking all the children that were there, and he loved on them, and he prayed over them, and he gave them hope. You know why? Because some of those children were orphans. Some of them had no food. Some of them had hardly any clothes. You guys have lots to eat, right? Yeah. Are you good eaters? Oh, yeah. Good. Well, you keep being good eaters. And we should give thanks that God has blessed us. But when Jesus said, I love the children, he means it. We want to pray over the children right now. Just reach out with your hands to all the children. Father God, we thank you that they too can experience the resurrected Christ. Holy Spirit, fall on these children. Fill them with the fire of heaven. Lord, that they would have such a desire for you more than anything else. And even if they don't understand that right now, give them understanding. And let them be strong in you. And thus, everything about love, who you are, may they know your love. And give the parents and grandparents and guardians wisdom to know how to raise them. And let them always seek your face and to know how to do it. Because each one of these children is wired different and specially made down. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Sit down. Amen. Let's give it up for the kids. It was Chuck Swindle said, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only zaps today of its joy. Mother Teresa, the great Mother Teresa, said, Joy is prayer, joy is strength, joy is love. Joy is a net of love by which you catch lost souls. And so today, as I conclude, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on this Resurrection Sunday because of Christ, because of what he has done for us, for all of humanity, forever by his love, all sadness can turn to gladness, which is a real celebration of joy. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.